Yo, everybody, welcome back to the Fastest 40. It is episode six, week seven of the NFL season. My name's Dan. I got Trey over here as always. What's going on, everybody? October 23rd. Let's get back after week seven. Let's go, Dan. Yes, sir. Let's get 40. 40. All right, we're jumping into pregame stretches. This is going to be brought to you by CS Designs. Our boy Corey Sanders always doing it up for us with the graphics. Check him out at www.coreysandersdesigns.com. You can also visit his Instagram page to see some of the work that he's put together for these other companies at CS Designs Official. He's a full service creative company offering you videography, photography, graphic design, and web design. Anything that you need to make your brand a reality, he can do it for you. So check him out again. It's www.coreysandersdesigns.com. All right. Jumping into our first pregame stretch, Whitney Merciless, the big name of the week, I guess, hitting the market. He was cut by the Houston Texans. They have some younger talent they're wanting to cycle in. Could be a money thing, not entirely sure, but he was on the market for a minute, and there were some rumors that mutual interest was between him and the Chiefs. Yeah, and but looking at the Packers picking up these guys in the free agency, I mean, they're trying to make moves, stack that defense. I guess they're all in. <clears throat> on trying to make that Packers team a go for the NFC Championship this oh, yeah. year against the Bucks, right? So, um, <laughs> sucks seeing all these defensive players go to different teams while the Chiefs sit here with you know little to no cap space and struggling heavily on the defensive side of the ball. A hundred percent agree. I don't think it's a situation where the Chiefs aren't trying. You know, Brett Veach he's been aggressive. Our front office has been aggressive since right. Couldn't since agree we more. knew what we had with Mahomes, we've kind of pushed the envelope on certain right. things. And I know that there was conversations with them based on various reports we were able to see. Uh, but yeah, 100%. It's unfortunate to see these defensive players who can produce and bring something that our team desperately needs to the field. But the Packers, they need to tool up if they want to take the Bucks on, like you said, again, in the NFC Championship game. Right. The way to beat Tom Brady, and we've seen it time and again whenever he does lose on those stages, it's because he faces pressure. Pressure, yep. And that's the, the one way you can get him is collapsing that pocket on him because he's not a mobile guy. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> Hasn't been forever. Yeah. So. <laughs> like, he's still sling the rock, but no, he can't move on. I mean, we saw that with the Giants team, the best defensive line ever assembled, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Packers are designing a team to beat the Bucks. Like the AFC West designs teams to beat Pat Mahomes. Right. And really all of AFC. Look, I mean, look at the Bills designed a team to beat Pat Mahomes in that offense. So I think that's what the Packers are trying to build here. <clears throat> but yeah, they'd be smart to do it. Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. I mean, they got the team, right? I mean, oh, yeah. You got to worry. You got to think about the Rams and you got to think about the Bucks and NFC. You know, Seahawks were up there beginning of the season, but mm-hmm. they fell off. So, yeah, those are your three. You got to try and uh, pull in all those weapons you can. 
<clears throat> now, speaking of that, there are some trade rumors that are going around, and one of the big ones, it's kind of uh, hard to ignore this one, but it's Deshaun Watson with all the things he's going through off the field. Um, still a prime target for a QB needy team. You know, they're willing to overlook a lot of those issues. How you can overlook 22 of those issues is beyond me. Well, I think here's the deal is somebody knows something we don't, right? The right. news hasn't bro broken on whatever it is that... And the NFL hasn't acted. Right, yeah. and I, But I think is what's going on here is that somebody leaked, you know, and maybe I watched too many, like, uh, too many shows like Billions and shit like that. <laughs> but, like, some somebody in the NFL knows something, knows that he's not going to get charged or whatever it may right. be. And, you know, they reached out to Dolphins in now Washington, um, try to make a trade, say, hey, let's get this thing going. Um, here's the story on Watson. He's good to go. Let's make it happen. He can be your starter week eight. Right. Here's the thing that bothers me the most about this situation is that Deshaun Watson, it wasn't like he just found out he didn't want to be with this team. You know what I mean? And before all these trade rumors started up and all the off-the-field issues came up, he signed a very large contract extension with them, and inside of that contract extension is a no-trade clause. So one of the reports I was able to see, I think it was Tom Pelissero who pushed this one out, but it was that the Eagles had put together an offer that the Texans accepted in principle until they could get Deshaun Watson his approval on that trade because ultimately he has the say because of that no trade clause right. inside is of that contract. recent I, I didn't know anything about these that, that was recent and apparently he doesn't want to go to philly i mean i don't blame him <clears throat> how could you but at the same time what Not are you trying to coach why would you give up you know however much you got to give up three first rounds four first rounds whatever the price tag is when you have jalen hurts who's been a good quarterback this year right he hasn't been bad you can't blame Philly's lack of success on Jalen Hurts. Exactly. And it's not like Jalen Hurts is turning the ball over either. Right. You know, he's been actually a fairly safe quarterback as far at, as that goes. He, he has less interceptions right. than Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> at the same point, Deshaun Watson is, like, on the tiers of Pat Mahomes. Like, he's that good. Yeah. So he's, he is a step up. He's an elite weapon. But I, I don't think you... you give up that much, whatever the price tag is, for somebody if you have a Jalen Hurts. I agree. You I feel at, like the Eagles never really have given him an opportunity. No, I agree 100%. You know? I think they're that whole foot, they don't, they're not sure how to play football yet. Um, <laughs> you know, I mean, take, that takes a while. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> as an organization. <laughs> um, but, yeah, how do you give that? That's just a lot to give up. Miami, I could see it. Two is not the guy. Mm -hmm. He's not getting it done. Yep. Whether it's injuries, turnovers – making that play at the end of the game, he's not the guy. <clears throat> yeah, I was... I think it's going to haunt the Dolphins for a long time that they took Tua over Justin Herbert. And oh, yeah. They'd be hard-pressed to try and make this trade happen. And one of the big things going on with this is <clears throat> the Texans don't want Tua either. So they're like, yeah, great, you have that asset, but right. we don't value that, right. even if some other teams might value it. So there's talks of a third team coming in the mix, whether it's Denver or Washington. Somebody is going to accept that third portion of the deal right, because yeah. the Dolphins are not going to want to keep them around. They get and who's a better fit than the, I guess, 
I guess Philly's in the NFC East, but you know who's a better fit than Washington in the NFC East that only has Dak Prescott and the Cowboys to to go against? Right. You know. They, I mean, Ron Rivera needs to take advantage of that solid defense they got over there. They got a lot of talent, and they have yeah. some good offensive weapons. I mean, they definitely too. haven't performed. I think they're. I think that's probably the most overhyped defense in the league. But I mean, that's a whole separate argument. Yeah. You know, conversation. But, <laughs> um, I think you have to try to take advantage of whatever situation you can get your hands on in Washington because you have a chance going forward in that division. Yep. Whether the Cowboys are killing it or not, a top five team in the NFL. They're one injury to Dak away from losing the rest of the games and their then season. It's anyone's you know what I mean? That, yeah, too. right. If yeah. that, you know, God forbid that happens. Right, hundred percent. Yeah. But we'll see how everything pans out. They're saying that a deal could be reached by the end of this week. It could be the end of next week. Or, you know, obviously, if it doesn't happen by the time that trade deadline comes around week eight, then. Deshaun's stuck until next year. Yeah, hopefully we see something. You know, let's get some juice going in the NFL. It's kind of just like blah right now. Yeah, we need some something to stir the pot. Yeah. If the NFL is rigged, we will see a trade. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I want to see Goodell step down too. Yeah, that'd be nice. Asshole. <laughs> Do something good for once. Yeah. Good for other people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. You know, while it has been kind of dull in the NFL the last couple of weeks, news-wise, we're also going to get a dull product on the field this week. <clears throat> Not only because there's going to be some quality teams on buys, but also because of all the injuries. Yep. You know, you're you're missing Gronkowski, Antonio Brown, Saquon, T.Y. Hilton's another guy who just got, um, you know, just came off the IR and is already missing a game again. So there's a lot of quality talented players big name players um we just saw what happened on thursday the whole damn browns team was hurt right yeah so it's kind of taking a hit on the field because all this stuff going on with injuries yep a hundred percent it's still early that's the kind of part that worries worries me for a sake for the sake of being an nfl fan but also as things progress into trying to seed the playoffs. Mm -hmm. You know, you could have five, six, seven seeds end up out of the playoffs because of injuries or whatever it may be. Right. Which happens every year, but we're seeing a a pretty high spike this year. Yeah. Just looking from the outside, you know, I I haven't looked at any numbers, you know. As far as injuries injuries year over year, I'm not sure what those stats look like, but um, these are going to have big impacts moving forward. To the end of the season. And the Seahawks are already getting the impact, you know. Russell yeah, Wilson right, being right. out for the next, you know, earliest that they're projecting him to come back. In a 10. tough decision, uh, division, too. The toughest. Yeah. So it's definitely going to have an effect on that NFC playoff picture, uh, when especially when you consider the division that they're in and the caliber of player that Russell Wilson is. He's a top-five quarterback in the NFL today. Right. Future Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, they're shooting for a wild card now, and... It's, yeah, if they're it, lucky, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you gotta you gotta recalibrate week ten or whatever it may be when Russ is back, yep. and say, hey, what do we got here? What time can to we, run the yeah, table? Yeah, what can we figure out? So, I mean, it'll be interesting to see. You know, it's not over. I can't say you can't, you know, say that. Hey, these this is the extent of the injuries in the NFL right now because it's just going to continue to snowball. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, yeah. And it's one of those things that's uh, it's like death and taxes, you know. 
It's going to happen. Yeah. There's going to be injuries in football. It's going to be injuries in football. There's nothing yeah. you can do about it. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, Dan, bring us into a recap from last week, week six of the NFL. Yeah, man. I mean, for as far as my favorite game to watch from last week, it was hard to decide between the Titans and Bills and the Cowboys and Patriots game. Um, obviously, the Seahawks and Steelers game turned out to be a little more right. interesting than I anticipated as well. But that that Cowboys-Patriots game has to be my favorite game from last week just because of all the shit that happened in the last six and a half, seven minutes of the game. You know, you got the pick six for Trevon Diggs, come back around, Jacoby Myers catches a 72-yard touchdown or whatever it was. Right. And then you go to OT, and Dak just tears it up down the field. And uh, there was just so many things that had to happen. Or Nick Folk, or, or whoever their kicker is, I think. It might, or Zerline, that's who it is. Yeah, Nick He Folk's kicks a field York, goal to send him to OT. There was just so much that happened and had to happen. And it just showed how, you know, if Dak Prescott, and we can talk about the award race here in a second, but he's the obvious comeback player of the year. 100%. I don't think yeah. that can, you can go any other direction. Yeah, top and, five MVP. And he's a top five MVP candidate to boot. So. Yeah. Um, just being able to watch him work against what is a tough defense and a tough defensive-minded coach right? just shows how much work that he had to put in to get back yeah. to being fully yeah. healthy. And not that it was like a super powerhouse being in New England, right? Right. But that's still a well-coached team. Um, and the Cowboys showed, like, hey, we can we can play a full game and we can go out and win this full game in, in tough scenarios. You know, right. I think that's... If you're a Cowboys fan, it's got to be nice to look at from the outside, even though, I mean, you're up there with the Raiders fans, but... And Patriots fans, Yeah, right. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I think I agree with the Cowboys-Patriots. Um, obviously, Bills-Titans was, was good to watch. I, I Last week, I said Bills were going to win 15 games, so now they have to win the rest of the season for my, <laughs> <Got a win. laughs> for, for my hunch to kind of <laughs> swing into full effect here. But I said that about the Chiefs, too. So. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I mean, we could hit 14 still, but... 14's not bad. No, I, that, that could win the whole conference. I would take it. Yeah, but... Uh, yeah, I think we had some good good slated games last year, and they and they produced. But the amount of overtime games we've had this year in total has got to be a record. It's been up. We've got to we we got to be topped on some record, whatever it may have been. That's an interesting thought. I didn't really think about it that way until you just said that. Of it's course, been like two or three and a week. Yeah, we've been getting plenty of them. I mean, <clears throat> even some games that you wouldn't expect to go to OT are going to overtime. Right. Like the Seahawks and Steelers game. Right. I didn't expect that with Geno Smith leading that right, team. Absolutely. And, you know, it ended on a Geno Smith turnover again, unfortunately. But yeah, it's just, it's been super competitive this year. It has. And I think maybe some of those injuries are playing into it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, specifically that scenario just brought up, right, mm -hmm. with Geno starting. I mean, that's a big one. Well, if Russell but, starts that game, I think they win easy. Hundred percent. But like, if you if you look at the paper with Big Ben starting and Najee Harris running the ball, and then you look across the board and they don't have Chris Carson or Russ Wilson, you're like, all right, Pittsburgh's going to run the table, twenty eight to fourteen or twenty eight to ten, right. you know. But that's how the Steelers play ball. They just yeah. suck. <laughs> They're frauds. Yeah. Watch Just like them. they were last year. Yep. I'm not surprised. You're not fooling anyone, Pittsburgh. Absolutely not. <laughs> so, 
some storylines from from week six. Uh, Urban Myers and the Urban Meyer and the Jaguars get their first win, ending the second longest losing streak in NFL history. They were one loss away from setting the record. I guess they tied uh, tied the record technically. So Urban's first win as an NFL head coach. Do you believe in Urban Meyer yet? I did. I have, or I can't say I have this whole time, but I did when they hired him because he was such a stud. Like he was up there with Nick Saban as far as coaches in the cream college of the football. Yeah. Yeah. So when he came to the NFL, I was like, all right. It's a different breed, though. There's a, listen, there's a reason Nick Saban hasn't went to the NFL. Probably because he can't get it done. Let's be honest. He actually coached the Dolphins for a season and a half. Right, right. And, and he was in done. Cleveland for a portion of time, too. Yeah. But there's a reason he hasn't left Alabama to go to the NFL where the real guys are making maybe not as much money as he's making because I think he's making like nine mil. Leave a bigger impact, though. Yes. Legacy. Yeah. Legacy. Because I think he's worried. He's Nick Saban's scurred. He's scurred. Scurred. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I was was all in on Urban Meyer. Um, I was even all in in the offseason. I was like, yeah, this team's going to go 500. Uh, first five six weeks, you know, obviously it didn't go well for this team. But right. am I all in on on? Am I still hanging around with them? No. Am I rooting for the Jags when they're playing so and so? Yeah, sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll root for you. Well, hey man, they're they got to win. They're going into their bye week. They're going to rest up. You know, nurse some injuries, get healthy, come back to the states. Can and they win in the states? That's the, the question. That's the question. <laughs> Can they do it here on yeah. their own soil? Yeah. That was a neutral site. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you got to win in on the road with some adversity or you got to win at home and hold your ground. Yeah. <clears throat> so, we'll see how they pan out. Uh 500 might be out of the cards, but No, I think so. Yeah. You know, yeah. I think they You think they win more games than the Lions? That was what I was going <laughs> to ask you. <laughs> Damn it. So, do they win more games than the Lions? I think they do. I think their schedule's easier than Detroit. Yeah, I haven't looked at the schedule. I think they're in an easier division. They get they still have Houston one more time. And, you know, that's a gimme. <laughs> but as far as the Lions go, they've got a tough draw, man. I mean, they're playing the NFC West and their own division. Who do they got left, though? Let, I mean, let me, let me pull this up. We can pull their schedule up and take a quick peek. Uh, for the Lions, you pull up Lions, I'll pull up Jags, right. and we'll just kind of see what these guys are looking like. So they got Rams this week. Yeah, not a good look. That's 0-7. No. <laughs> <laughs> but they lost a close one to the Ravens, you know? Yeah, I mean, they were uh They should have beat the Bears. They should have beat the Bears, and they should have beat the Vikings. So here's the next five games for the Jaguars. Okay. And then you can go through Lions, and we'll okay. see what that yeah, record okay. looks like after that. So Seahawks is who they have next with Geno Smith. Winnable, likely not going to win. Right, yep. The Bills, that's an L. Then they have the Colts on the road. One of those could-go-either-way games. You don't know what Carson Wentz you're going to get. That's true. But... I don't see that happening. Might be Patricia. Might be, yeah. You just, <laughs> might, I, I don't. I wouldn't put any money on it. <laughs> and then you got the Niners. They host. That's a loss. And then the Falcons, winnable. It is, but the Falcons have kind of started to develop something here. Mm-hmm. 
Then they end their season playing uh, two teams, I believe they can beat. The Texans and Jets. Texans and Jets. So you, how many wins are you saying? Four? I think they end up with four. They maybe sneak <sighs> one from one of these other teams, like... If it's week, Seattle. if it's week seventeen, let's say the Colts have a wild card spot locked in, that could be a win. If it could be, yeah, it could be Seattle where you know Geno Smith has a bad day and turns the ball over a ton, that could be a win. Okay, so I'm, I'm, <clears throat> let me run through Detroit's schedule. Count these wins as I say them. Okay, they're in L.A. They play the Rams. That's a loss. Yeah, they're in Detroit. They play the Eagles. That's probably a loss, but I want to give it to them. I, but, I it's do, but it's a loss. But it's a loss. They play in Pittsburgh. That's a loss. I don't know. Oh, really? I think Philly has got a better chance to beat the Lions than Steelers do. I agree with that. I don't think that's a bad take. And then they're in Cleveland. Who knows what Cleveland Browns team we're going to get that week. Who's going to be healthy? Right. That's the question. Then they got the Bears in Detroit. That's a win. Give it to them. Yep. Go ahead and chalk it up. Then they got the Vikings in Detroit. Give it to them. That's a win. Oh, you're taking the... Okay. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, they only that's lost two by wins. Two. They lost by yeah, two. that's true. In Minnesota. Did that one go to OT? No, that was the same scenario as uh as the Ravens. Okay. And then okay, we're at, and then we're in Denver. A that's soft a ass Denver that's team. A that's a win. How many uh, we got three? That's three wins. Okay. And then play the Cardinals. That's a loss. Yeah. Then we're in Atlanta. Save, <laughs> okay. Okay. You know, okay. we're we're stringing together maybe four wins here. And then we're in Seattle. To eat a kneecap. But Russ is back at that point. Yeah, and Russ back. is playing for a wild card. That's, That's a loss. loss. And then you got you got uh last game of the year, Aaron Rodgers comes to town, but he's already locked in the two seed. Mm-hmm. He's not playing. Give me that fifth win. Mm-hmm. I took the I didn't take shit, but hey. if I were to take something, I would have <laughs> took the over on four and a half wins. <laughs> on the season. If I would have done that. Yeah. If. <laughs> Big if there. Go up to Council Bluffs and put something in. So three to five wins compared to what do you have for Jacksonville? Four. Okay. So it's three more. So okay. So okay. So, okay. If you had to take a bet where it would be tie Jacksonville and wins or the field, go up or down, what would you take based on what we just took? Say that one more time. So you got an option. Do you think the Jags and Lions at the end of the year will have the same number of wins? Or do you think it'll be... Jags your last number one pick? Yeah. Do you think the Jags will have less? And the Jags have a one-game advantage right now. Oh, I think Detroit has more wins. Okay. I think Jags have the first pick again. Wow. Yeah. Wow. We'll see. I think there's just too much grit in Detroit. Yeah. It's a lot of foo-foo shit going on down in Jacksonville. I agree. I think... But uh, Trevor Lawrence is getting better. That head coach they have in Detroit is not going to let anyone give up. No. No. That's one thing they definitely have for it, going yeah. for them. Agreed. So, all right. Let's jump over the AFC side of things. Uh, speaking of teams getting better, the Patriots are getting better. You know, we're seeing Mac Jones kind of turning into this quarterback that can be serviceable. Young Tom Brady. Exactly. Safe. <laughs> no, that's not even close. <laughs> Safe. Yeah, very. You know, he's <laughs> he yeah. can make some plays when he has to. He's getting his IQ in there, and I think he's been the best rookie quarterback right. up to this point. 
better than Lawrence, better than yep, Wilson, all those guys. And you know what I think is the edge for him is that he spent all four years in college. He's got more experience. He's been on championship teams. You're big and he's on the coming four-year into, quarterbacks. I'm big on You're the big I am. On the I'm a big fan of that. Yeah. And you know what's helpful for him is he's coming from Nick Saban's system, who is a part of the Bill Belichick coaching tree and coming over to Bill Belichick. So I don't think there's too much of a transition as far as the coaching style and the scheme and whatnot that he's experiencing in this offense, in this culture. So it's kind of like the it, it, there's no adjustment period, or at least not as big of one as what these other guys are getting, and I right. think that's helping him a ton. I think I agree. I think we see week in and week out that Mac Jones is getting better as a football player. Oh, yeah. And as a game manager. Mm-hmm. He could very well throw for 250 yards, no touchdowns, no picks. Yeah. But the big stat there is that he didn't throw any picks. No turnovers. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you run for four touchdowns, you don't have to throw any touchdowns. Yeah. You know All that mean? matters is you get a one, a plus one in your win column yeah, at 100%. the end of the game. Yeah. I think that's Bill Belichick's philosophy, too. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to be the superstar. Yeah. Just get us a dub. Exactly. So, yeah, I think he's getting better every week. Oh, yeah. I think he's definitely <clears throat> he's coming to that point for sure. And I'm eager to see how many wins these guys end up with, whether or not they can maybe make a playoff push down the road. Now, the record doesn't suggest that they'll win the division by any means. It's obviously the Bills, so they have to secure one of those wild card spots, and the AFC is a tough race to nah, win right Yeah, now. that's not going to happen. So, I mean... Won't happen. But crazier things have happened yeah, that, you're not lying <laughs> you're not lying it goes back to the conversation about injuries injuries and the end of the season you mm-hmm. know who's playing who and who's getting their lucky who's got the schedules yeah 100 percent. let's run into uh mvp's way too early award race dan what do you think for mvp i like kyler murray still i think he might have the best odds maybe him or josh allen but i'm giving kyler murray the edge because he's undefeated and he's been, it's been no question in all of the games they've played. I think the closest game for them was the Niners game where they won by a touchdown. But, oh, we got a big win for for Iowa State. Knocking they pulled off it off. Number eight, Oklahoma State. Wowza. Yeah. Rushing the field. That's something, man. We can't record the show without watching sports, so. Always got to give credit where it's due for this team. The state of Iowa was pissed off after last week. Yeah. <laughs> then they lose that one to, was that Purdue? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Damn. We're going to see a shakeup in the rankings this week. Every think, week it's been like that. Yeah. I love it. <clears throat> Who did Alabama so lose to the other week? Texas A&M. A&M. Yep. I was so tired of Clemson, Alabama. Clemson, Alabama. <laughs> that was so annoying. That's bad for college football. You need parity in any sport. Yeah, like that's yeah. the problem with the NBA too. Yeah, it's always the it yeah. was always the Warriors. Yeah, or LeBron. Yeah, the Warriors <laughs> and LeBron wherever he's at. Yeah. So now we're getting a little bit yeah. of uh, changing the guard. Anyway, let's not get too far off topic. MVP. I'm done discriminating <clears throat> against running backs. You like Derrick Henry's the MVP? You think so? He is the best football player in the NFL. Well, there was a debate on ESPN earlier this week. Uh, you know, Chiefs and Titans, they're playing. And the question was, 
asked by Stephen A. Smith, if you were to start a franchise with one player between Derrick Henry and Patrick Mahomes, who are you taking? That's and a Tim no-brainer. Tebow said Derrick Henry. Yeah, he's an idiot. <laughs> That's why he's commenting on shit like yeah. this and not on a team <laughs> or coaching anywhere. It's a no-brainer you take the quarterback. Yeah, But absolutely. the fact that they're even asking the question just speaks to Derrick Henry's talent. Yeah, he's going to break any season records this year mm-hmm. because of the extra extra game. But not, I mean, I shouldn't say because of the extra game, because he's a bad fucking dude. He's a bad mamma jamma. But now he's got an extra game to do it. So I hope they have to play the last game of the year for a spot in the playoffs. Yeah. I hope it means something. I hope it means something. Yeah. Because I would like to see him play all 17 games. Yeah. And break whatever records there is. I think the Titans for sure are going to win that division. I think it's going to come down to what seed are they? Are they going to be a three or two or a four seed? And yes, if it comes down to that last week, currently Derrick Henry's on pace for over 2,100 yards and 28 touchdowns on the ground alone. That doesn't count anything receiving anything. That's just rushing stats. What's the record for touchdowns in a year? LT, right? LT set it for overall touchdowns is 31. I think he ran 28 that year and caught two and threw one yeah yeah so those are the kind of records that could be broken yes but at the same time it's taken a derrick henry to do that so we might not see this for another five years mm-hmm. you know i don't think it i don't think anybody can do this other than like a derrick henry or an adrian peterson yeah 100 percent. he's built different he He's is just built different. Yeah. You don't see guys walking around 6'3", no. 225 that can run a 4'340". He has the fastest <laughs> touchdown this year at 21.8 miles per hour or something I was going like to say that. what they clock him just at. Just last week. Man. Nobody else has done it. Not even Tyree Kill? No. Nobody in the league. Wow. And he's, he probably weighs twice as what Tyreek weighs. Easily. Without a doubt. Well, that's why I have him as my offensive player of the year. Yeah. I mean... Yeah. It's a given. It's tough because the MVPs turned into a quarterback award. Yeah. You know, I think yeah. the last person to win it that wasn't a quarterback was AP. Right. In 2012. Yeah. So. Deserving, though. Deserving. Yeah. He's nine yards away from breaking Dickerson's record, which is the one that you're speaking of for Yeah, Derek shitty Henry. leadership held him back from that one, too. Yeah. <laughs> that was too bad. Yeah. Who was the coach? Zimmerman. Fre- oh, it was Zimmer still. Wow. Now, maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. I'm, 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 hell, I got Google up right yeah, here. Yeah, we do have a computer, <laughs> the internet. <clears throat> well, looking at defensive player of the year, um, I think it's a kind of a two-horse race right now. There's a, a third guy who could be in the mix. I'm looking at Miles Garrett and Trevon Diggs. Garrett being the best edge rusher in the league, Diggs being the interceptions leader. Uh, in the NFL, he's got a he's averaging one interception a week through seven weeks. Between those two guys, I think maybe T.J. Watt has a chance of of claiming the award that he should have won last year. He's had a really really good season as well. But um, I know. think uh, I think he's going to miss out because of injury. T.J. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he missed that one or two games or whatever it may mm-hmm. be, and I think you just miss too much time with accolades like this. Yep. Uh, Trayvon Diggs, yeah, he's got the interceptions, but what else does he have outside of that? Last week I was talking big about him, and then I kind of dived, dived, 
dove into it this week on yeah. what else he's done, and he's not really the all-around football player that I was kind of thinking, you know. Yeah. But you keep hearing, like, interception, interception, interception Turnovers from the are outside. Huge, it's man. a big deal, yeah. I mean, that's how you win this award, really. Yeah. Is how many, how many either turnovers Notable. you can make or how many sacks have you had. Mm-hmm. If it's, like, top three guys are D-line or outside linebackers, who's leading the sack race? Okay, right. you got it. It's yours this year. Usually that's, you know, you're 100%. If you're not leading the league in sacks or interceptions or doing something where it's a very strong combination of the two, then you're not going to get the award. Uh, so it's kind of been a cornerback or defensive end award for the longest time. Unless you go back to, like, uh, you know, uh, Charles Woodson, he was able to do some pretty awesome things from the safety position when he played for Green Bay. So, I mean, <clears throat> we'll see kind of how that plays out. But... Um, I think I kind of like Miles Garrett a little bit more because of the pressures he's been able to force and all the sacks. Right. Yeah, I hear you. Leslie Frazier. Yep, he was a uh, head coach back then. I think he got back fired maybe a season after that. Yeah. <laughs> Good call. Good call. Then comeback player of the year. You know, we already talked about it being Dak, and coach of the year has to be the guy who's not lost a game yet and turned a team around from 500 to what they are now. They almost have the same amount of wins they had last year. Right. It's Cliff Kingsbury for the Arizona Cardinals. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. All right, Dan, let's move into Chiefs talk this week and then talk a little bit about the NFL, move into fantasy, and then the best part of the show. Play the odds with mm. the fastest 40. Love it. But I'm going to bring us in with eCoffee. That is eRoastCoffee.com. Check them out on IG. They do monthly giveaways on IG. That is EE Roast Coffee. You can get subscriptions uh, 12 months, 6 months, 3 months. Uh, Rad Kingdom, Ethiopian Blend, Congo, Colombian Blend. Um, on top of that, don't forget your swag. You got the hats, the mugs, the stickers. And these guys are also KC local. Can't forget that either. We want to support the people that live around us, um, not the big corporations. So bring the little guy up, support eCoffee, get you some coffee. It's good shit. All right, Dan, moving on. Trade targets. Yes, Talk sir. to me. Man, the Chiefs need to make some moves. There's a lot of guys that I've looked at, done some analysis, and based on the current cap situation and some of the assets that we could give up, to acquire these players, it's a strong possibility that a deal could be done. Now, I did put out an article for Border Fuel on three potential trade targets for the Chiefs, um, so I'll try not to elaborate too deep on one of them. If you want to check out the article, you can see the analysis on Josh Allen there. Absolutely check that shit out. But Josh Allen, defensive end for the Jacksonville Jaguars, could be a nice little piece for us to bring in. He's on a rookie deal, so the cap number's not too high. And, uh, you know, he's kind of just riding on a Jacksonville defense. And with the Frank Clark situation being what it is, we need to remedy that trade, that mistake we made. And <clears throat> we're going to take that money off the books come next year. That would result in about $20 million in cap savings when we pull him off our, our list. And Josh Allen isn't going to command an extension, or at least not a fifth-year option, until 2023. So it's a cost-effective option to replace Frank Clark. We can evaluate him for a further year, and we give up minimum. And that's the same thing for Montez Sweat of the Washington football team. Big name there, too. Yes, 
big guy. Yeah, can yeah you imagine, he's a monster. Can you imagine Sweat and Chris Jones lining up side by side yeah, on our be defensive awesome. line? Yeah. If we're able to acquire him in that trade, it's the same situation. Minimal cost, cap small. You could flip, you know, a second round pick or so, maybe get rid of LDT. They've been in kind of contract limbo with Brandon Scherf, one of their guards, and LDT would be a nice addition for them. And I think he's going to be a key piece in any trades we make this year. Agreed. Uh, he's been inactive for every game, if I'm not mistaken. And, you know, could be a nice swap to get Justin Reed in Houston. Brandon Cooks, their wide receiver, if we want to bring in another weapon for Mahomes. And then Emmanuel Ogba, who was solid with us on our Super Bowl run until he got hurt, signs a nice deal in Miami, and he's been producing down there. He's familiar with our scheme, and if we're yep. able to bring him back, uh, I think it could be a nice piece on the edge there. Yeah, and you see a trend here with these guys you're talking about, right? Mm-hmm. Front seven. Yeah. That's the obvious weakness we have. It all starts there. It does. And maybe it's not the only weakness we have. Our secondary is weak, too. But it does start up front, man. Mm-hmm. you got to enforce that pressure. Quarterbacks make bad decisions under pressure. And then that's what creates a more successful defensive backs is a front seven. Absolutely. And you can ask any D-back, and they'll say the same shit. Unless their ego is through the ceiling. Right. And that's all them, right? Well, you know, you're 100% right with what you said. The It all starts at the in the trenches. If they can pressure the quarterback, if they can make him feel uncomfortable, they make poor decisions and allow the secondary to capitalize. Which I think our secondary has enough young talent to be okay. I agree. If we can do that up front. And we have way too much damn money up front Tied to not up. be doing that yep. right now. I, I couldn't agree more. Yeah, couldn't agree more. Let's take advantage of this year, trade for a guy, give up an asset. You're not going to find Montez Sweat or Josh Allen with a second-round pick in the draft. No, not at all. You're not going to find it. I'd rather take that I mean, Brett Beach has done a a great job, though, in the drafts, you know? Yeah. He could find that guy in third, fourth round. It's possible, and that's one thing, like, okay, I, I don't fully agree that he's done a great job. I think he's been fine in the drafts because his earlier round picks usually they haven't really panned out a ton but he's been finding those hidden gems you know what i mean just like what you said those late round picks that's his saving grace as far as like his job security goes you know it's the the late round picks he's able to get in the draft like legerius sneed in the fifth round with a steal right 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 or the ability to maneuver the cap situation for the team Right. Like those are the two big things that Veach has going for him, and the uh, just his draft philosophy for whatever reason I haven't a hundred percent agreed with yet. He just hasn't hit on a big enough pick for me. Yeah, I think the first two rounds, big time, um, is a big deal. And I was kind of talking to Strato about this a little bit mm-hmm. on Sunday last week with the decision on Ceh. You know, there was a lot of talk after the draft that, hey, we hit up Pat Mahomes, and that was his guy, too. Was that kind of a a, a scapegoat there? Like, hey, this is Pat's guy. <laughs> everybody, everybody in Kansas City loves Pat. You know, this is Pat's <laughs> he guy. He signed off yeah, on this one, right. guys, okay? <laughs> yeah, end of, the, end of the day, it's not Pat's decision. It's not Pat's job. It's not. 
And it's your job to make that call and Coach Reed's job to make that call on, hey, this is our guy. This is a, a hole we have on our on our team, This is, and we need to plug it with this guy. Pat's role will transcend whoever's in the front office or coaching the team. Right. You know, we're going to have Mahomes here regardless of who's doing that. Right, and, and I guess you can kind of compare it to Green Bay because Aaron Rodgers wants full... He wants to he wants to draft player players. coach GM yeah right he wants to do it all <laughs> and I'm I guess I'm okay with that if you've proven to be successful Tom Brady mm-hmm. has he is the GM yes. in Tampa yes and he's damn near the head coach yeah right yeah. so you know I'm, I'm <laughs> that exchange I'm, he had with Byron Leftwich cracks me up where he was like no we're not fucking running that play yeah <laughs> and I mean even Bruce Arians is like I kind of let him do his own thing. Mm-hmm. And you kind of have to. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. The guy has seven rings. Right. As far as Aaron Rodgers, though, I mean, let's go back to Pat. Pat's not making that call. Mm-hmm. Clear and cut. Yep. Scapegoat or not, shouldn't have said it. It doesn't matter. We're That was April. My big question on that is, like, who was the other option? And why? And was it running back? That's that's why I'm asking. Because if you're asking me, I'm saying no. You're not drafting a running back in the first round because you're gonna have a new one in three years. Well, here's the thing too: is they drafted Ceh with which you know I don't think he's had enough time to evaluate whether or not he's gonna be a. a, I think he's a good player. He's not first round great player, you know. And there's other running backs behind him that were quality: Jonathan Taylor, J.K. Dobbins, J.K. Dobbins, DeAndre Swift. Any of those guys, James Robinson was undrafted, and he's right. been the best running back out of that class, like maybe next to Jonathan Taylor, if you ask me. Yeah, I think so, J.K. Dobbins is up, or hasn't produced, but he didn't get a chance last year. Well, he he'll he has more time to be evaluated and yeah, could rise above be, those guys, but he got hurt, you know. Yeah. And there's nothing you can do about yeah. that, of course. I mean, right. Baltimore for whatever. Well, Baltimore reason. could like not play him in the in the last preseason game of the year, but yeah, yeah, whatever. Have a fucking brain, yeah. <laughs> But you know, look these, at him now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a big game this weekend. Yep. It's no secret we're playing Tennessee Titans. They're four and two. The horse himself and King Henry, yep. best running back, best offensive player that's not a quarterback in the league. Best offensive player overall. Yeah, dude, he's the best player in the NFL. Wow. Better than Aaron Donald? You think he carries yes. more weight than yeah. Aaron Donald? Yeah. Especially this year. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, it's hard to argue that. I mean, I there, mean, there's your top 10 guys that you're like, wow, these guys are all, you know, Pat Mahomes is in that conversation. Aaron Rodgers is in that conversation from what he did last year and even this year, other than the first week of the season. But I think what defines a player's grade is like, could you win without that player? And I think the if you're the Titans, no. then it's a no. Yeah, yeah. Even with their solid receiving core, I think the answer is a resounding no. Yeah, I don't think that's been like an a obvious upgrade from last year. If I'm Tennessee fan, I'm like, I'd take Corey Davis over having Julio this year. Oh, 100%. Yeah. At least he's on the field. Yeah. Right. That's the difference there. Yeah. Corey <laughs> Davis is a beast. Corey Davis has been muscling dudes out over there in New York. Yeah. So... Yeah. Keys to victory victory for this weekend, though. I mean, I think you have to look at, for me, you have to capitalize on third down. Mm-hmm. If Tennessee decides to run, you stop them on a two-yard run, then they want to throw it on second and eight, and let's say it's third and eight, 
that is a huge opportunity for the Chiefs defense to flip the field. Third and eight, Tannehill's not your guy. Yes, mm-hmm. you can complete it, but you're not running the ball. And I guess maybe they do run the ball on third and eight, third and eight with Derrick Henry, you know. But Well, we're giving um, up seven yards of play. Yeah, <laughs> and he's probably rushing for four and a half, five, five yep. and a half. Um, but you have to capitalize on third down. And I think that's a big factor. That's top three factor for me for the Chiefs winning. Uh, turnovers is the other one. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we've been negative. We're the worst in the league right now in turnovers. Yikes. And then I think on the flip side, capitalizing on third and down and red zone for the offense mm-hmm. is going to be another big deal for the Chiefs to get a win this weekend. Absolutely. And the best way to capitalize on the, on that is going to be to take advantage of that battered Texan, or Titans secondary that they have. Their two starting corners, uh, Farley and Fulton, are both out. They're on injured reserve. And the two defensive backs they have in their place are both nursing, groin, and uh, I think it's like a hamstring injury for those two guys. So if we're able to use our speed, capitalize on that, and you know when they sell out on the deep pass, kill them underneath with Kelsey and right, yep. kill them over the middle on the slant game, yep. You know, we can really take advantage of this defense and, uh, you know, score at will quickly and often. And then back to what you're saying on defense, it's been don't break on those third downs. And, you know, Henry's going to do what he's going to do. Right. Yeah. You have to accept that. And that's just one of those things. You just can't let it beat you and, uh, you know, step up when it counts, turn some sevens into threes. Yeah. And unfortunately, when you said that, I was kind of thinking bend, don't break and, you know, they're expecting this. <clears throat> Daniel Sorensen is going to plug back into the defense this weekend mm-hmm. because of the run. Right. I think what they did last week was, hey, Kansas City's happy we made this change. League's not talking <laughs> about us anymore. Move. Yeah, League's not move. talking about us anymore. Daniel Sorensen's in a slump. Um, I... Maybe I didn't. I don't think I saw him last week. I, I'm not sure how what percentage of snaps he played. Thirty two percent. Thirty two percent compared to hundred percent. He was our top two player on defense he moving played, into week six last year. I feel like week. he had played a hundred percent of all of our snaps. Ninety six percent. Wow. Yeah. Our our the first who was first? It wasn't even Tyron Matthew. That's who I thought was gonna be number one. I can't remember who was number one now. Was it? Um, nah, I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, I if it's ty- not Tyron Matthew, I can't even think yeah, who it had been. Tyron missed a game. Yeah, and these, I, was these facts Neiman? or these stats, I'm talking. Fuck. <laughs> 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 these stats come from six ten, six ten radio here in Kansas yeah. City. Um, that's who I, I brought this from, but um, yeah, I can't remember who they were talking about. That he had ninety six percent snaps on defense, and then whoever. Maybe it was Legere Sneed. It could have been. Had 97%, and it was one play. It okay. was only one play that made a difference. Wow. Yeah. But either way, I think he, I think Sorensen plugs back in uh, moving into this week, and, just, and they can use the run as a scapegoat. But uh, mm. we're kind of watching a game live here, Oregon and UCLA. Oregon's the 10th-ranked team in, this, in the country. Um... UCLA is trying to make a move. They got a minute 23 left in the fourth quarter. They're down three, 34-31. Starting quarterback is walking off the field mm. with an injury. So that's not a good start for a for a comeback. No. 
No, no. Got but, the backup uh, coming in. Who knows yeah, what he's going to do? Yeah, backup's coming in. Looking like Justin Herbert Jr. Yeah, I know. Hair I'm, sticking I'm out the back. Yeah, Newport Beach, California. <laughs> awesome. Well, hey, man, I think uh, the Chiefs have a legitimate chance to win this game. What's your score prediction? I think the Chief, I don't think Chiefs can pull this off. Oh. Yeah, I, I don't think they can. Oh, what do you think the final's yeah, going to be? Yeah, I mean, just being realistic, um, I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm, I don't know, 31 28, 31 27. Mm-hmm. 31 27. 31 27, Tennessee. Okay. Damn. Well, yeah. I've got the Chiefs. I think we torch that secondary and we handle our business in the red zone, uh, specifically from the defensive side, and uh, dominate 38 27, Chiefs. I think I'm going to eat this, but I'm going to live with it. Hey, it's the first time I've ever played against here, the Chiefs. Here's the deal with your prediction. It's kind of a win-win. You're either right or you're wrong and your team wins. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean you're you're right. So it could be a lose-lose too. It could be <laughs> it could be a bad scenario. <clears throat> so power rankings, man. I'm looking at the top 10 teams in the NFL. I've got Cardinals, Bucks, Rams, which I know we're in agreement there. And then Honestly, it, this is all interchangeable after it the is. top three. Last and week I was talking about top five as a solid block. Everything shifted. Everything did because Everything we shifted. had some some big guys lose. We had some big guys fall. So I've got Packers at four, Ravens at five to round out my top five. Cowboys six, Bills seven after their loss to the Titans. Chiefs come back in at number eight. Titans nine, Chargers ten. Mm. Chiefs come back in. Yep. Just because of the second half play? Because they shut out. A team in the second half, yes. I think their defense made that was, strides. That was their best defensive performance of the yeah, year. Yeah, and it was 100%. against the Washington football team, so yeah, say what you want yeah. about that. Still an NFL team. But we tightened up. Yeah. You know? Oh, tightened up. Yeah. Oh, shit. Yeah. Tighten up. We tightened up. School. <laughs> <laughs> All right, yeah, you already spoke on top three. I'm, I'm the same. I think those top three teams could, could easily be um, interchanged, too. Mm-hmm. Um, all those teams could beat each other. I think the Ravens are the fourth best team in the league. They just beat the Chargers, who are still a very good football team. Very good. Uh, I got the Cowboys top five. Top five. Who would have thought we this would This one see burns this my day. ass. This one burns my ass to say this. Um, so much Cowboys slander. I know. <laughs> Even more than the Raiders, honestly. It's true. Um, and then I got the Packers. Aaron Rodgers got a good football team. The Bills, I still think they're solid. Um, I think they were just riding high after beating the Chiefs and yeah. didn't expect a huge challenge out of the Titans. They got lazy. Yep. Um, so, I mean, this could interchange here. I mean, the Titans, I got them right after that, but I don't think they're – I think they've, if they played again right now, I don't think uh, I don't think the Titans can do it again. And then I got the Chargers. I still, I still think they're better than the Chiefs. And then I got the Chiefs rounding out the top ten. So uh, we got a we got a challenging next five weeks as Chiefs fans, right? Yep. We got the Titans, we got the Packers, we got the Cowboys. It's a tough stretch. Yep. And we had a tough stretch to start the year. So I mean, we it, it, it's gonna take a lot to prove. I think week eleven is Cowboys. That's the week before Thanksgiving. Yes, and I think our schedule is extremely underrated for how challenging it is. I don't think we, I haven't heard a lot of people talking about it, you know, and exactly what you said. Titans are a playoff team. 
The week after that, we host the Giants, which should be, you know, Monday hopefully we football. take care of business yep. there. It's a primetime game. And then we host the Packers, right, <clears throat> who should be a playoff team. Then we go to Vegas. Then we go to Vegas, play the Raiders on the, what is that, the, the uh, 7th? And then on the four, no, the 14th, we play the Raiders. Yep, and yep, then yep, the 7th, yep, we yep. play the Cowboys yep. at home. Yep. So... Tough stretch. Uh, and after Thanksgiving, it doesn't teams. get easier. No. We play the Raiders again. We play Denver twice. Right. And we play the Chargers. Chargers again. Yeah. Yeah. And Steelers. Yeah, we got Pittsburgh day, at home. The day after uh, Christmas. Christmas. Yeah. Okay. Man. Man, look at that memory. Jeez, That's that nice. was a game changer That's for me. nice. Bottom five. We are just about the same here. Texans yep. in the bottom. Then Lions. Which <laughs> I know the Lions haven't won a game, but Breaks the Texans are terrible. Once the Lions win a game, they're like twenty third for me. <laughs> they jump. They jump leaps big and bounds. Time. Big time. Yeah. <laughs> then you got Jags, Jets, and for me, it's the Giants. I think the Dolphins are right there too. Um, that, I think they're better with Tua. Yeah that that is very tough, and the Giants have a lot of injuries right now, so I think that hurts them. For sure, and I'm not sold on Joe Judge, their head coach. I got the Bears at the fifth mm-hmm. worst team in the league. Um, there's one thing they do well. They get to the quarterback. That's the only thing they do well. Mm-hmm. So they're going to continue to lose football games right? and drop on this <laughs> list. I think the Jets have progressively gotten better. The Jags have progressively gotten better. Mm-hmm. The Lions have just not won a football <clears throat> game. That's all they haven't done. Texans have just won that one football game with Tyrod Taylor. What's what's up with him? Is he playing football still? Or, I don't or know what's what the, the hell story? happened. This dude get, plays one or two games and gets hurt and just calls it a year. Yeah, He's like, all right, I'm done out. in L.A. I'm going to go down to Houston and play a couple games. And then when I'm done there, I'm going to go up to New England or something to play a couple games. <laughs> or whatever. Yeah, next year. But the Bears are, are uh, bottom five for me. I think if the Bears and Giants play... Giants win, Bears and Dolphins play, Dolphins win. That's a good way to look at it, you know, and it's crazy because the Bears are 3-3. Three and three. So you wouldn't expect a 500 team to be bottom five, but when you look at the roster and the way that they've won some of those games, there's they're just not very convincing. Not you know? at all. And they've lost to... I'm not sure if they scored over 24 this year. I don't think they have. They beat the Raiders 20-6. to six. And they beat the Bengals, and I couldn't tell you who their third win was. Um, but they're about to lose to the Bucks. They're going to get smashed. Unless the Bucks, they get Bucks the pressure are... like we were talking about. <clears throat> well, they beat the Bucks last year. Significantly different team yes. than they were last year. Uh, so we'll see how that, that plays out. But, yep, that's bottom five for the fastest 40. Let's look at what week seven has on the horizon. Teams on a bye. Chargers, Vikings, Cowboys, Steelers, Bills, Jaguars. It is a nightmare for anyone playing fantasy football. You're missing players like Mike Williams and Herbert, Dalvin Cook, Zeke, Zeke, Dak, CD, Amari Cooper, Dalton Schultz, that whole damn offense. No shit. Tony Pollard even could be a flex. Yeah, he's a flex. He for sure is. Najee Harris. Josh Allen, Stephon yeah. Diggs, Dawson Knox, and James Robinson for the Jags. That's a lot of damn players on a bye. And you're missing Keenan Allen. We yep. didn't even say him. Yeah, I got Emmanuel Sanders and Stephon Diggs. Mm. Yeah. 
there's one team I have, and it's the whole bench is Bills, Steelers, Cowboys, and Chargers players. The whole bench. Yeah, just don't start anybody and call it a week. Yeah, you might as well not. Chalk it up. You might as well not. I think my two starting running backs for that team are Khalil Herbert and J.D. McKissick. Yeah. Yeah. Tough week. So, save prayer for me. I think this was a smack (laughs) in the face for all fantasy players, you know. We've been rolling for six weeks now, getting feeling pretty comfortable with no bye weeks. Yeah. Right? I mean, maybe not me, because I'm one in five. (laughs) But... (laughs) But uh, I've been making changes every week. Wheeling like it, and like dealing. It's a, like it's a bye week every week. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's been a tough year. Hey, Whatever, we we're going to forget about have that. We all have them. Matchup uh, of the week. I'm taking Bengals-Ravens just because divisional. Bengals yep. are lighting it up. They're fun to watch. There's Jamar be Chase is fun to watch. Um, he's got stats similar to dun, 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 Randy Moss's rookie year. <laughs> uh, what do you got, Dan? Yeah, my uh, my number one matchups coming out in the Bay Area. You got the Colts, a dome team, taking on the San Francisco 49ers in what is expected to be some severe weather. So I'm excited for some old school football, smash and dash, run it on the ground, muddy, everything going crazy. Maybe we get a lightning delay, spice some wow, stuff up. Crazy. You know what I mean? But I'm excited for that game where it's just going to be dirty, hard-nosed football. You got two quality defenses stacking up against each other. And you've got some great run games. Uh, it's some basically game manager quarterbacks and Garoppolo and Carson Wentz. Yep. So I expect them to lean on that run game even more. So Smash Mouth Football 100% gets the vote for me. Obvious game of the week for the fastest 40 as a show has got to be the Chiefs in Tennessee. This game means a lot for the AFC, mm-hmm. means a lot for the Chiefs, and means a lot for the Titans. But also, you know, who else is watching this game? The Chargers, the, the oh, yeah. Broncos, the rest of the Titans division, the Bills. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's watching this football game to see how this turns out. A lot of implications here. Absolutely, and it's early, and it's early. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. what's been crazy about the AFC. So everyone's kind of beaten up on each other. The standings have shifted. I mean, we've seen maybe three or four different teams hold the number one seed spot through six weeks of play. So going into week seven, you know, we could see another shakeup where the Chiefs finally dig themselves out of the basement of the AFC West. And that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, Storylines this week, obviously these games are terrible. (laughs) We've got a lot of heavy favorites. There's not really anything to, you know, that can be left up to interpretation as far as, you know, what these results are going to be for these games. You've got the Buccaneers who are favored by 14. The Rams are favored by like 15 and a half, 16. The Cardinals are favored by 17 and a half, something like that. 18 points. Jesus. And it's just not even going to be a contest in a lot of these games, which is, uh, it's really too bad. But I think we were spoiled early. We were. And that was the thing, too. You know, with all those shakeups, that just means all those teams were matching up against each other. Yeah. So it's going to be interesting to see. What game really? There's going to be a game that surprises you. That's going to be like, man, I wasn't expecting that to be a good game. I think it's the Lions game. You think so? I think so. Yeah. Well, Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford playing each other's former teams for the first time since that big trade in the off season. Yep. Somebody's looking for a win. <clears throat> oh yeah. Somebody needs a win. Doesn't have one yet, and the other one needs to show Detroit, hey, this is what you could have had if you had set yeah. me up right. Hundred percent. So we have 
a winless team, undefeated team, Cardinals being the undefeated, winless mm-hmm. team being the Lions. Obviously, they're playing the Rams we just talked about. Cardinals are playing the Texans. Mm-hmm. Pretty lopsided on both sides. Yep. Uh, my thoughts are that we are talking about the same two teams next week. I believe that is the case. I think if it's in Detroit, I maybe give them a slight chance. 12%. 12% generous. Yes. <laughs> to win that game if in Detroit. Yeah. It's probably like 2% now in LA. Yeah. I'd like to see it happen still. I be- you know how ESPN, when you click on matches, you see the percentage like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bet the Cardinals game's like got to be 99%. Yeah, I I would probably agree. It's it's got to be. This one's probably next with like 97. Yeah. Yeah, it's right there. It's got to be right there. So, you know, we'll see how these games play out. I want to be surprised. I want some of these Me games too. to be yeah. interesting. Yeah, I agree. And if we can see one of these top-tier AFC teams get knocked off like the Ravens, yep. get knocked off by the Bengals, I'd be stoked. Same here. Let's jump into some fantasy starts and sits. I'll go in with the starts, and um, we'll start with Matt Ryan. He's playing the Miami Dolphins in their 31st-ranked pass defense. Matt Ryan is getting Calvin Ridley back, and he actually had a pretty good game with uh, Kyle. him and Kyle Pitts. They were connecting on a few things before that bye week last week. So I'd be putting him in your starting lineup, especially with all the freaking buys we've got going on this week. You know, quarterback options are limited. You can't even pick up a guy like Kirk Cousins off the waiver right now. So grab yourself a Matt Ryan. Daryl Henderson, running back for the Rams. Obvious start here. The Lions' run defense is not great. And on top of that, the Rams are expected to sort of dominate this game. So that means they'll be running the ball a shit ton to kind of salt the clock away and get the game over with. So look for Henderson and maybe even Sony Michelle as a flex uh, this weekend. Calvin Ridley is going to benefit with the return of Matt Ryan and with Byron Jones and Xavier Howard likely not playing. You could see Calvin Ridley put up some numbers this weekend and sort of return to form because we haven't seen a ton from him this year. Uh, But I think this week's going to be a nice bounce back. And then TJ Hawkinson is a top three tight end this year and has received the most targets, or third in targets rather. And, you know, Jared Goff is loving him. Absolutely. Make sure you're plugging them in your lineup. And with tight ends, it, good help is hard to find. Uh, no, it is 100% hard to find. Yep. Moving into sits, Carson Wentz, shaky all year. He's in San Fran. We don't know what kind of weather we're looking like. Dan's talking severe. Mm-hmm. I don't know what severe weather is for San Francisco. <laughs> but uh, They if, get off pretty easy, don't yeah, they? Yeah, they do, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it might be 85 and uh, might be some heavy wind for severe weather out there in San Fran. <laughs> Uh, Jamal Williams, he solidified the number two spot, um, number two running back in Detroit. There was kind of he was he was he had a couple weeks where he was getting more rushes than uh, Devon or uh, uh, DeAndre DeAndre Swift. But uh, last week was kind of a a letdown for all fantasy owners that were holding on to Jamal Williams, me yep. being one of them in multiple <laughs> leagues because he was a beast. <clears throat> In uh, Green Bay. Uh, receiver is Tyler Lockett. Geno Smith's not your guy. He's not going to put up the number one receiver numbers that you were anticipating. Mm-mm. Maybe throw him in the flex, but I'm not even saying the flex. I mean, he's getting like maybe three or four targets a game now. Oof. 
Big oof. And then uh, tight end, Robert Tunyon. Robert Tunyon hasn't done shit all year, and that's where I'm leaving it, right there for tight ends. Yep. <laughs> that's all you need to know about Robert yeah. Tunyon, which is sad because he balled out last year. So let's look at some sleepers. We'll start with Geno Smith, who actually could come out there and do some stuff against the New Orleans Saints, who have kind of a shaky uh, secondary. As long as he limits his turnovers and passes the ball efficiently like he has so far, um, he could be a nice little bye week start for you guys and, and at least put up, you know, 20 points, something like that. Nothing crazy, but enough to get you through bye week hell. When you're looking at running back, Chuba Hubbard is an obvious guy uh, who could go off at any time. Now, the Panthers are matched up against the Giants, who have kind of a tougher run defense, but I'm curious how much of that is actual run defense and how much of that is teams going up by a ton of points and not really giving a shit after that. So, uh, Chuba Hubbard, plug him in. Jalen Waddell, he has connected really well with Tua when healthy. And two is obviously going to be starting this weekend. We saw what he did last weekend, put up two scores on uh, on some nice plays against a tough Bucks defense. So make sure you plug him in. And then Kyle Pitts, who, again, I said had a nice week with Matt Ryan before their bye week out in London. And they're going to look to repeat that success against the Miami Dolphins this week. So let's jump into our favorite segment where we play the fucking odds with the fastest 40. Fuck yeah. Yeah, baby. So as a show, I just want to let you guys know, Trey and I are 20 and 11 on our pick straight up. On our locks, we are 4 and 4 combined. So um, actually with that lock, you know, both of us are 2 and 2. Um, so we know what we're doing is kind of what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> As it's far seductive. as yes, get get these suckers in there, man. Like win some money with us. My three picks for this week are Arizona minus eighteen against Houston. We saw what happened last time. Houston had a gaping spread against them, uh, was seventeen points against the Bills. The Bills beat them by third, or they shut them out. It was a forty nothing shutout. Yep. So make sure you plug that one in for sure. Casey at Tennessee, that's going to be a high-scoring game. As I said, I predicted that to be a 38-27 Chiefs win. The line is at 57.5 currently. Take the over on that. And then the New York Giant or Jets rather host the Patriots. The last time they played earlier this year, the under hit. I think that's going to happen again. Bill Belichick has a way no with rookie quarterbacks, and those unders hit in his game more often than any other coach. Absolutely. I'm taking Detroit plus 16 and a half in L.A. Mm. Detroit loses close games. They don't get blown out. <laughs> it's a fact. It's true. Philly's, it. Philly's at Las Vegas. The over is set at 48 and a half. I'm taking the over. New York Giants are playing Carolina. I'm taking the over at 42 and a half. Mm. Giants scored 20, 20 or 23 against the Cowboys. I think they do the same thing against Carolina. Carolina scores 27-23, kind of a game. I think they put up 50-plus. Nice. Yep. Hell yeah. My lock, it's going to burn a little bit. Yeah, I feel the burn. Tennessee plus four mm. against Kansas City, obviously. They're at home. You got to take Tennessee plus four. We've covered once all Can't, year. Yeah, they don't. They, Kansas City just doesn't cover. They don't cover spread. Yeah. It's what it is. I think it sucks because it doesn't it doesn't matter 
if we we're just automatically favored. So anytime we right. lose, that counts as you know a team not covering. Which I know you think the Titans are going to lock this one in this week, but um, you know even putting that scenario aside, we only win by like two or three most games, and we're favored by a full touchdown a lot of times because right. we take our foot off the fucking gas. We were a two. Were we two and two or two and three? No, you we were two and two. Going into Buffalo game. Yep. Favored by three points. Against a Buffalo team as it shut out two teams in, at that point. Yep. Three points. Vegas has got Kansas City all fucked up. Yeah. That's the truth. They're just baiting people into betting on them. I agree, 100%. They're trying to sucker us, and they that's yeah. why they got big, tall, shiny buildings. That's true. And yeah. I'm living out here. Yeah, and we are on a white table, white fold table yeah. right now. <laughs> Talking on a Rubbermaid or yeah. whatever this is, table. <laughs> Lifetime, it says. Yeah, baby. <laughs> hey, man, listen to us, though. We're 20 and 11, okay? <clears throat> My lock for the week is the under on the Indy and San Fran game. I think it's going to be a hard-nosed, smash-mouth football kind of game with inclement weather affecting that heavily. I think even with without the weather, these two quarterbacks are more game manager types anyway. So they don't; these offenses just haven't put up the yeah. big number of points. Not your blow your socks off kind of guys. Exactly. Going into sleepers. Your boy's 500 on the sleepers, so, I mean, I feel like I need to drive up to Iowa and start playing these things. Cincinnati plus 6.5 at Baltimore could hit. Divisional game, you know, it's one of those things where those teams know each other better than any other team. I've got the Tennessee spread against KC with Tennessee covering the four points. That's one of my sleepers. And then Chicago covering the... 12 which I, I put this in earlier in the week so i think it's up to 14 now so if you're getting more points for chicago i'd take that if it's at if it's over or if it's sitting at two scores two touchdowns that's a no-brainer yep you gotta take those double digit points and it's just a little tidbit gronk and antonio brown will not be playing this week yeah that's a that's a that's a pick that's not a sleeper anymore yep 100 percent <clears throat> what do you got? I'm taking Baltimore minus six and a half against Cincinnati. I mean, if the if the cover's a sleeper, I think the cover for Baltimore has to be also. I'm taking Indy plus four, San Fran. Indy's figured out the run game. They're going to manage the clock with that run game. Mm -hmm. So I'm taking Indy plus four. Seattle plus four and a half um, playing New Orleans. New Orleans is shoddy. Who knows what New Orleans we're going to get. Right. We might get a uh, 20, what was it, 2009 Saints. <laughs> it was 11. 2011 Saints. Yep. Or we might get a uh, uh, kind of uh, a shitty Saints. I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to compare it to some yeah. other Saints team. but we Drew Brees has been running a good ship yeah, there for a long say, time. <laughs> they've, they've, he's kind of kept that ship yeah. right for a long time. But, uh, I mean, this is kind of a – I mean, this is definitely a sleeper here. Four and a half points is kind of a, a bit for Jameis Winston. He's not a fucking – Tier three, not even a tier three quarterback. Uh -oh. Um, so I think I think this is this is a for sure sleeper with what we saw last week against Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, it made me yawn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, parlay of the week. I hit my first parlay 
in week one, I think this year, and haven't hit one since. <laughs> on a four streak burner. Yeah. So, but uh, money line is the way to go here. Absolutely. And I'm putting in only money line parlays here that are against the odds. Tennessee 175, Philly 130, Indianapolis 165. Mm. Add those up, that makes a lot of money there. Yep. With teams that could potentially win this weekend. Absolutely. So that's my parlay. Tennessee, Philly, Indy. Yeah, put a little 50 spot on something like that. You might come yeah. back with 250. No, it, it, it's more like uh, 20 bucks for 320. Oh, damn. Yeah. Get after it. <laughs> so the money line parlay I put together, and that's kind of been my MO this year, I hit one couple weeks back and did not do well last weekend i think uh i've been one game off on a couple of them too but this week i got carolina against the giants they take care of business san fran against indy new orleans taking off against seattle new england beats the jets and baltimore beats the Bengals this week for your five leg parlay <clears throat> take those money lines just a hunch. Just a hunch. Share yours with us. This is it. Hashtag just a hunch on Twitter, IG, Facebook, whatever. We're sliding into home here. Yes, sir. My just a hunch, we've only got 13 games this week. We got six teams on a bye. That's three less games than what you would get in a full capacity week. I think this is going to be, even with the low amount of games, the most unders that have hit in the in a single week throughout this whole season. I think that's how we're going to end up the 2021 season, the most unders hit in week 7. That's my prediction for this week. My just a hunch this week, Dan. I'm rolling with Detroit. Mm. And I'm not talking about a win. I'm just talking about losing by one score. <laughs> the spread's at 16 and a half, but they like to lose close football games. Yep. Detroit only loses by Loses by one score this week. That's my just a hunch in L.A. Oh, man. That's a sad affair. <laughs> That's a sad affair yeah, when your yeah. just a hunch has to be centered around losing by a score yeah. for the Lions. Hot topic, though. <laughs> it's it's honestly an alt line. Like You should play that as an alt line if you That's go up to That's a hell of Iowa. an idea, yeah. yeah. Just trying to bring it back to the last segment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, for those of you that can do that... That's a good idea. Throw that alt line in. Yeah. Because Trey's got a hunch about it. Ain't that right? Oh, that's right. <laughs> awesome, man. Well, hey, good show. Appreciate everybody listening. That's Absolutely. all we got for this week. Enjoy your week seven, no matter how hard the NFL schedule gods try to make it a shitty week for you. Football's football. Football's football, and we're and back. And you gotta love to watch it. And you got to. You got to. Live it up, guys. Appreciate you. Trey, you got anything for him? That's it, man. Let's get after Dan. Week 7. Let's go. Jeez. Let's get hyped.